Get my derriere back in this chair. Sup kids, how are you doing today? It seems like it's been a long while. My voice is actually a little croaky. Can you hear that? It's, it's a little bit croaky. I got a nice, a nice grizzly tone going on today, but yeah, outside it seems like it's been a long time, but it hasn't actually been that long for you guys because you've been seeing me most weeks. Except the uh the 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 recordings I made previously. Um, I made a while back, and then I had to re-record the videos, as you saw, because I was an idiot and formatted my hard drive and lost footage. Not, I mean, I didn't lose all archive footage, but anything from 2020 just kind of disappeared, so I only had the copies which are up of those things. So, for instance, the podcast with me and Janine, that's why there's music in the beginning, I was trying something out, the only copy I had was the one with music in the beginning, so that's the copy you got. The, uh, the copy of me, uh, Martin and Ollie. There is a mistake in the titles, and I'm keeping that mistake because, again, it is proof of my mistake, um, which I made during the process of creating this work. Now, I I don't know if to consider my podcast's art, art, um, if you're from not northern, as I am, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, I kind of, I got to a point the other day of whether I consider these art or whether I consider these part of a kind of a more organic workspace uh, project of me having conversations with people and discussions with people or whether this is entertainment am I making entertainment for you guys I guess if you find it entertaining perhaps I am I don't really know but I am considering my artistic process quite a lot and that's because um, a little bit of self-publication here I've got a book coming out I know, shocking I'm actually advertising my own work I've got a book coming out in the end of February I'm going to say the end of January, but we're literally in, at the end of January um, as I record this. See, I've recorded in advance. There's nothing I can do. But end of February, I have a book coming out called Potatropy. It is a graphic novel. Uh, it's a short concept graphic novel about Potato Boy, which I have done a podcast about before, discussing what I was going to do with Potato Boy. And this is what I'm going to do with Potato Boy. I'm releasing a book. It is available. For pre-order up till 29th, uh, you get pre-order bundles and things like that. Um, and I'd very much appreciate if you go take a look. There is a link in the gubbins below the video. But it does bring me around to my point and the title of this podcast, that my art is kind of lying to you. Now, this is a, quite a big phrase, and I guess it's kind of a, a, a clickbaity phrase. Because some of you have clicked on this and gone, yes, Graham Art is lie, and he cheats and steals and, and all this kind of stuff. And you're going to be disappointed because I, I mean more in a philosophical way than anything else. Sorry. but the, So I bring that this book, Potatropy. And I got thinking about what my work says and the pieces which I'm working on currently outside of the public eye and how they all fit into my life and how I go about making work. And as an artist, you do. You tend to roll back and you you consider the world around you. You consider what is actually being put into your work and how you're making your work. Artistic practice is probably one of the widest, most wide discussed things ever within the art world. People discuss artistic practice more than they discuss the actual work which is being put out. That's how important artistic practice is. This whole... whole uh, syllabus what is the word 
don't know, yeah, syllabus, I guess. You know, project lengths, sections within a course of learning art, which is just about artistic practice. When you submit things to your, your final tutor, the thing they want to know is about the practice. They don't want to know about the final work. And that's because there is an understanding between art and artists that your practice is just as important as the work you make. Now, in that sense, there is a phrase which really annoys me. How people see some artwork as extremely honest, or it's the most honest work I've ever seen. Wow, you just got my beard all into the microphone there. It's the most honest work I've ever seen. Um, it's it's so passionate and, and um, exposed and um, yeah I don't believe that why don't I believe that why does this phrase annoy me why does it get to me why does it does it seep into my brain is it because I think my work isn't that is it because I think that work's bad no not in any way shape or form I just think it's being described in such a strange way to say artwork is honest yes now I appreciate there are pieces of artwork out there which for the most part are pretty honest, and they're usually artwork which has been done outside of artistic practice. And I see this is how we're linking it together. That is artwork which has been done usually by people who have no artistic training, people who have never done art before, people who have basically just expressed themselves. That's 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 the most honest artwork. But artwork created by people who want to make art and want to express themselves and uh, practice doing it and create different types of art and, and, and you know, create series and projects and different things like that. Regardless of the format, so this could be anything. This could be film. This could be photography. This could be painting. This could be drawing, singing, poetry. Every single piece which is within that realm of artwork which is considered in any way, shape, or form, rather than just being expressed, is lying to you, is manipulating you, is suggesting to you something which likely doesn't exist. And before you get on your high horses, I'm going to explain what I mean, because that's what I do. All right, I'm just going to make it to the point where I'm just going to have a sip. Okay, so what do I mean by this? So essentially, what is the basis of artwork? Artwork is intended to give you a subject. It is intended to give you a an idea and make you consider that. That is one of my personal definitions of art. For good artwork, artwork is supposed to give you a subject as a viewer, and it is meant to provide you with a discussion based on what they have shown you. So someone draws something, they give it to you, they say, look at this. They're looking at you and going, what themes are they getting from that? What are they getting from that by what I have given them? And it's the mise-en-scene of art. And everything you put into art, everything you show, is meaning something. And this is the whole this is the whole thing between good and bad art. If you put things in and don't consider the, the symbology, the context, then you're likely going to be saying something you don't want to be saying. But by that same candor, by that same idea... It means that everything you see is not particularly honest because all art is intended with purpose, the purpose of the artist. The artist is jumping out there and going, this is what I want you to feel. 
I have created this work. I have manufactured it, whether I intended to or not, whether it was something which I spent time and effort putting into every detail or something where I just completely flung paint on the page and it, it created the feeling I wanted. This was presented to you in a way which was intended to make you feel and think about something. Whether even if that was just to open the conversation about thinking and feeling, they are all directed toward an audience because audience is something massively important. This can be the same for personal work as well. You, you're, you're making personal work, and it doesn't matter whether you show it off or not. You're still making something with the intention of getting a certain vibe, a certain feeling, a certain idea out into a physical or audio or visual format. And therefore, I'm manipulating an audience. And manipulation is a form of lying. You lie to your audience. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's something we should recognize as an important thing. So, one of the projects I'm working on at the minute, I'm coming together with, and I'm, I'm kind of putting it all together, and I've written what I want to write about it, and I've, I've gone through my brain process of how I want to present it and how I want it to go out into the world. And a lot of that thought process is, it, it wasn't about the actual content. It wasn't about, oh, you know, what am I going to write? What, what, what is the story I'm telling here? Most of what I put effort into is the, the whole aesthetic of it. And that's because I'm not a natural writer and I'm a natural visualizer. Oof, that sounds terrible. No, <laughs> most cliche thing, I'm a natural visualizer. No, I'm not. I'm just a dab hand at multiple things. So... You know, I'm putting so much thought into that that the words didn't really mean anything. So when a friend said to me the other day, um, who I've I've shown it to to get feedback on because I value your opinion, um, <laughs> the visual isn't the art; the words are the art. Suddenly, in, in my brain, I was thinking, "Oh crap! Have I not considered that? Have I not considered that to other people, the words are the more important part of the artistic piece, whereas to me." The feeling you get when you pick it up and when you experience it is all the more important. In the in the end, the central story is 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 non sequitur. It's non. It's not not non important, but it's less important than the visuals going on. And I think that's true for a lot of the work I do. I think that's true of a lot of the work I create. I focus a lot on the visuals because I'm visually led. You know, I can write and I can use words, and I've gotten quite good at using my words to get what I want. And I can do that with an art, but I'll always start visually. You know, I come up with an idea and I come up with a thought process and I think, how is this going to look? doesn't matter how content-wise I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Because if I lock down the visual to it, the words come easier for me. I don't work the other way around. Uh, I know a lot of people do. I know a lot of people will write scripts and they'll write um, stories and poems and all things like that. And they will they completely lock down that aspect and then think okay well how, how is this going to look visually i don't because as soon as i start considering words i start considering imagery and as soon as i can start considering imagery this guy start considering words and my brain automatically clicks into that mode as well of how is the audience going to see this how are they going to react to what they are seeing therefore how do i need to twist that and manipulate that into such a way that they're actually thinking what i want them to think so work is honest it comes from an honest place, but it's a lie. It's a lie as well because 
as much as you put yourself into work, you can't avoid putting yourself into work. That's another whole other part of art, is even if you're making something which is completely unrelated to you, uh, writing about a character who is nothing like you, writing about a world which you could never envision being in, there is no way to remove yourself from it because it's coming from your brain. It is informed by all the decisions and experiences you've had in your life. So you automatically put yourself into your work, which I think is where the honesty side of the argument comes from. A lot of people see work as very honest because they can see, yes, I look at this work and I, I see a lot of you in it. I see a lot of what you want to be and the person you are and how you feel about the world in it. So I can appreciate the fact that you see that as honest work. However, when that work came out of the person, it was considered. Because they weren't trying to give you an unfiltered version of themselves. What they were trying to give you was a version of themselves so you would be able to see what they wanted you to see. I think that makes sense. Let's put it a different way. I'm going to use a really simple metaphor. Oh, simile. Oh. See, words aren't my, my forte. Let's say I, I, uh, I had a new hat. And I took a photograph of myself in a hat. And I presented it to the world. They may not necessarily see that hat as new. They may just think, hey, that's Graham wearing a hat. As he did in the first episode of the podcast this year. Um... And he may, and that, that may be the thing. You're seeing visually there's a person wearing a hat. There's nothing else added to it. So in order to give you that idea that I'm wearing a new hat, I'd have to adjust the image. I'd have to filter it in many ways. And it might come naturally to me. It might not be even something I think about. It's not something I probably even process. But the hat would be the focus of the picture regardless in the end. Or you'd end up adding context to it. You end up adding subtext. You end up adding little descriptions and things in order to adjust how people see the image therefore the image is a lie because it's not just a photograph of me it's a photograph of me with a focus on an idea which I wanted to implement into your mind essentially our art is, is, is treads the line of inception in such a major way I find it strange as well there's a, there's a lot of artwork which I think delves into the world of manipulation of the subject I think performance artists are amazing at this um Manipulating your audience and getting them to feel things and think things which you have never been, you know, you might not have ever experienced. A lot of performance art is about essentially jarring people and opening their ideas by jarring them. Um, and it's, it's just a massive form of manipulation. It's to say any theater poet will tell you, you know, you're tugging at heartstrings. You're writing a play. Fantastic. I want people to feel sad in this play. What can I do to make people feel sad in this play? It's all... It's all subtle manipulation. And yet the word manipulation is a very dark word because there's that whole other side. Within art, it's a positive thing. It's it's seen as an expressive form. But outside of art, it's seen as something terrible. It's seen as something bad. So I think denying it within art by saying work is more honest is just a huge it's an ignorance to how we work as human beings. You know, every emotion we have is a double-edged sword. Every single one. There is a chance for it to go good or bad one way or another. You know, brutal honesty can be bad. Brutal honesty can be good. Manipulation can be bad and manipulation can be good. 
hate can be bad, but hate can be good. I think I've done a podcast on that before. It's a word which, you know, we, we don't really consider and we try to avoid because we associate it with bad things. But I think, I don't know, it just seems to be a naivety in a lot of artists about how work gets made. Um, and I think it's because perhaps they don't see the patterns they formed because it because it comes so naturally to me. This is a thought process which I've had again fairly recently, but for a very long time. Of a lot of the work I make, I don't see as good enough because I think the outcome is fairly obvious, and then you forget that to the audience it isn't obvious. You know, like potatropy. So, the book potatropy I I wrote over the past three years. I've illustrated it designed it all myself um and i didn't really see it as work i didn't see it as something which i was having to put time aside for because i was just doing it 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 was impulsive to me and when i first started making potato boy i was doing it completely impulsively i was just making work writing it down but all the same i was i was thinking about the design of him how people would feel looking at him how people would feel reading about potato boy um so when it came to making the book, I had to put a lot of effort into that. But again, it didn't feel like work because it, my brain was making the connections automatically. I A lot of the imagery I drew and then adjusted, by which I mean I, I'd sketch it out, I'd come up with an idea, and then i think, okay, what can I add to this to really push home the point? Or some of it I drew and I'm sat looking at it thinking, this is a really obvious plot or really obvious line. Um, and then you forget that everyone's not inside your head with you. Everyone's not sat there watching the the speedy slideshow of <laughs> images and inspiration fling across your brain to jump from one point to another. There's a story I tell um, about making loose connections um, and and how creative brains work. Essentially, is the so I was I was seeing a film with my partner at the time. And we were watching a car advert. And within the car advert, I just sat and made a passing comment about how cars and car manufacturers would eventually be the people who made prosthetic limbs for the world. Casual comment, just in the middle of a car advert at the cinema. And she turned to me and said, how do you make that? And I said, how do you mean? She said, how did you come to that conclusion? And then I had to break it down. I had to break down how I came to that conclusion. By the way, the way, I came, the way I came to that conclusion is that car manufacturers have some of the biggest manufacturing plants in the world. Over time, the amount of cars which are actually available on the road will have to decrease because the population will increase. Not everybody can own a car. We want self-driving cars. Therefore, the manufacturing costs will basically disappear. They will become lower. So they'll have to expand into other industries. As the world becomes more complacent and does less exercise, we'll need more limbs because things like diabetes will be more prevalent people may become less active our world will become slightly more robotic because we'll need these parts which we need to manufacture ourselves who's going to take on that probably car manufacturing companies because they already have massive manufacturing banks where they already make intricate things on a regular basis but i didn't vocalize any of that instead two seconds into a car advert my brain just went hmm I guess car manufacturers will probably make prosthetic limbs in the future. And it was, there's a realization of going, oh yeah, not everybody does that. Not everybody's wired like that. Everybody gets that, that drawn out explanation of what's going on. So 
you have to manufacture that. You have to push that into your head and go, oh, right. And then when you make your work, that's where artistic practice comes in, where you study and you think, okay, if this was the sentiment I was trying to put, put out into the timeline, then I need to go, all right, well, how do I explain that in a single image? How do I explain that in a poem? How do I explain that in a story which will make the people understand what I am trying to convey? Therefore, how do I manipulate the audience to think what I am thinking? It sounds so bad when you say it, but it's true. Most art is lying to you. In a good way, it's conveying you a feeling. No one goes into a film, a painting, or anything when they're consuming it, thinking, I'm going to feel this way. This is the problem I find with a lot of film genres, is that a lot of them kind of kick out and go, oh, it's a comedy, therefore go laugh. You are going to laugh. So you go into that film with the expectation to laugh. This is a drama. It's going to be sad. Therefore, you're going to go into this film and feel sad on the way out. And that's the problem with home movies. If you don't really get to experience the randomness of what could be on screen, the, the problem with reviews and trailers is they're trying to give way too much away rather than just allowing the artistic work to do the manipulation. You know, when's the last time you saw a film you knew nothing about and hadn't seen any trailers for and were going to just go in and go, right, I'm going to see whatever they want me to see. You can't, because the industry doesn't work like that. They've, they've removed that magic. Or they're trying to remove that magic in a major way. You know, But you don't go to a painting and, and you see in a gallery and you think, I'm going to feel like this. This is what I intend to feel like. And then if you did, it would be the artist's job and the artwork's job to manipulate you into getting back to where the artist actually had. And that's the difference with bad art. Bad art can't do that. It can't provide you with what you want. What the artists want. If you're not getting... This is something I have a huge concern about. If you're not getting from the artwork the feeling the artist intended, it's potentially bad art. But at the same time, as an artist, when you think about it, they might be seeing something you never saw which might make it even more powerful. See your own work from a different point of view. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I know I've got a lot of creatives who watch this, and I know there's a lot of people who just have a general interest in it. So maybe it won't. What's your view? Do you think it's lying? Do you think it's manipulation? Is lying the same as manipulation? Is there anything... Really, which is classified as honest art? Can there be honest art? When all of your purpose is to show an audience something that you were feeling? And you can only do that by creating it in certain ways? I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. Until then, welcome to 2020. And I'll talk to you guys later.